When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. My daughter's four. She had some bad nightmares around dino trucks. What's dino trucks? Dino trucks is just like, it's like a monster trucks, but like dinosaur. Dinos? Yeah, but like dinosaur, like, you know, (laughs) robot Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Dino trucks. Don't lose your dinosaur. You hear that, Millie? Get up. Gotta hype up your kids, Amber. Does sound like Millie needs to tough, toughen up a l- little bit. A, a, a little bit. A little bit. More than a little bit. I mean, it's not a lot. very scary. Got to be honest. With like you. I said, my son is two years old. I can put it, I put it on Transformers the other day. He's like, yeah, put him in a body bag. I'm like, you're too <laughs> perfect. That's actually a karate you know, kid reference, but it's fine. Put him in a body bag. And my daughter, meanwhile, is like curled up in the corner under blankets. So that's I don't know a problem. If she's, yeah, I don't know if she's representing for the female population there uh, so well. Jay. So she needs to toughen up a little bit. Who's your favorite Dino Trucks hero? <laughs> I don't know any of their you names. You gotta know someone. I don't know any of their names. I, I mean, I you do. You gotta know at least one. I have watched Dino Trucks numerous times. I also do not know a single one you of see? their names. Is it Ty it, Rux? It's like white noise in the background. I literally, it, it, it's kind of bad sometimes because... Her dream last night was about coyotes, Amber. And I'm like, I don't, I don't remember seeing coyotes on dino trucks because I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. I literally put it on and then I'm like doing tasks around the house. I'm like, whatever causes your ass to sit down 100%. in one place and just don't bother me for an hour. That's all I ask. That's all I need. Just- Is it Dozer? It might be Dozer. Oh, some of these names are sounding more familiar. So you're letting the TV raise your children? Is that no, no, I'm very hands-on with the exception of an hour. Okay. Everybody when she needs Dino a break. Trucks. Everybody needs a break. Is it Revit? Revit? Who? Revit? I, no, I think Revit. you're just making stuff up. Yeah. Nope. No. Triple what about Tauntaun? <laughs> Say Tauntaun. yes with Tauntaun. start questioning some of these names here. Garby? Darby or Garby? Garby. With a G? With a G. That's. I thought you said Barbie. I was about to say, I mean. I was like, yeah, I mean, it just came out. How about Click Clack? Clickbait? Click clack. This is click not clack. a thing. These I are, are real. Think, these are like, these like, are like, this, like, like, like that. I like, like, my son out here. Know these. like we're rolling dice. Like, I don't know. We might no? be setting a bad example for these kids. You can ask me the characters on Paw Patrol, but Dino Trucks. I don't even feel like I've heard their names ever. How about George? George. That's, that's, that's the name. Literally, it's just George Seinfeld. What are you talking about here? Like you're like, like Revit and George next to each other. <laughs> Poor George. Click clack. You're the and actor, George. and they're like, "Hey, your name's gonna be George." But like, wait a minute, like they all got cool names. Why do I have a George? Why am I George? Is George a dinosaur, or is like a person? But in the he's like Dozer, and I'm George. George or... You've got follow up questions, you guys. I don't. <laughs> it's just way outside of my wheelhouse. We have dived into. Uh, dino trucks, I think, as far as we can take it. We will dive into Aaron Rodgers. Does he have too much control there now in New York? We'll get to that in just a moment. But you guys have been lighting up the phone lines talking about quarterback tiers, so let's do it. Triple eight, say ESPN. Tyrone is calling us from South Carolina. Hey, Tyrone, you go ahead. Call. That's boring. You hear that all hey. the time, don't you, T? Don't do it. Don't do no, it. No, I didn't do it. Don't You're do right. It. That's why I stopped myself. Okay. All right, all right, all right. We cool, we cool. Amra, I'm gonna come. I'm coming to your side. Uh-oh. Uh, okay, all right. Three people, tier one. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm putting Josh Allen in there. Uh, with J- Jalen Hurst, he's 
correctly in tier two, and he should be the top of tier two. He's like the next person to go into tier one if you're going to put a quarterback in there. And the way I would do it is, would you take Jalen Hurst over anybody in tier one? And I think all of us would take him over Aaron Rodgers and Herbert. So that means Herbert and Aaron Rodgers shouldn't even be in tier two. I mean, tier one. And as far as those other tiers, this isn't a participation type thing for me. Anything after tier two, you're just garbage. You're hot garbage. So we shouldn't even be worried about it. We should be a tier one, tier tier three, and four. Uh, Thanks for the call, Tyrone. You know, the hard thing with me, though, is if you ask me, would you rather have on your team Jalen Hurts or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, the reason I'm answering Jalen Hurts is because of the age, though. And I don't know if that factored into this equation when we're talking about tiers. It's not skill level. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts because I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. We're just a season removed for Aaron Rodgers winning two back-to-back MVPs. That's not something I've ever seen Jalen Hurts do. I mean, Amber, if you're asking me straight up for it, this season? Yeah. Like, who would you rather have this season? This season. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or would you rather have Jalen? Like, which one would you rather have? This season? I, just I this think season? This season, I think my answer would still be Aaron Rodgers. I would say Aaron Rodgers, too. Okay. Like I, I, I think that's fair because we have more confidence in Aaron Rodgers, and that kind of goes back to, I think, the sample size portion of this conversation where you've seen it for so many years with Aaron Rodgers, and if you feel like he's still playing at that level or at least close to that level, then in a one-season sample size, you just have more confidence in instilling him in, in your team. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And like, it's, just, it's how I look at sports in general. You can make a case that Aaron Rodgers might be the most motivated player in all of sports this year. You can make that case, Amber. I mean, just for the, the vitriol that he received, regardless if it was self-inflicted or not, getting out of Green Bay, coming here, and then obviously in New York City, like trying to figure it out with a new head coach and Robert Sala that literally last year it was like a little bit of a train ride, fell on the sword for his squad, like really hit the ground running. You have a wide receiving core you have a good running game. You have a top-flight defense. And it feels now, it's like, oh, people don't think I can lead a team. Like, you guys have really forgotten about my ability. Oh, okay, you want to do hard knocks? In the midst of it all, I feel like this is a season set up for Aaron to have a massive year. A massive year. I disagreed with you about Tua needing that chip on his shoulder just because I feel like Tua has had that shit time and time and time again. Everybody everybody has doubted Tua throughout his entire NFL career. I agree with you, though, about Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's very motivated by those chips, right? He was very motivated by them drafting Jordan Love in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He's going to be very motivated by trying to now stick it to Green Bay and also get something done there in a New York Jets jersey. So I agree with you. But if you're taking Aaron Rodgers over Jalen Hurts, I feel like you just took a blowtorch to your own argument there, Jalen. Uh, And by the way, nobody mentioned when you were talking about him outplaying Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. I haven't heard anybody mention the whole injuries to Patrick Mahomes thing, that high ankle sprain. I wasn't thinking about that. And then he got injured again during the Super Bowl, and he still won. So Jalen might have better stats from that Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes was playing through that adversity. Oh, you have a breakdown of uh, the tiers? Yeah, so what they did, so the tier, they... How they define it. So tier one is a tier one quarterback can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He handles. Wait, pause right there. How the hell is Lamar Jackson not in that conversation? 
what are we doing here? So the so tier one, the team wins because of him. Yeah, yes. the Ravens are winning because of Lamar Jackson. That's for sure. We know what that team looked like without him. Yeah, so he he expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. Okay. So that's that, tier that, one. That might be the, okay. the issue, the yeah. pure passing situation. That's the Lamar Jackson issue. Yeah. And then tier two. So how about Josh Allen turning the yeah. ball over a ton? Was that like, does he get the excuse of having a first year OC? Yeah, I don't. It, that is a good point. Josh Allen has the accuracy issues. It's so like, I, I don't understand. It, it, it's almost like, and He's I love Josh Allen. Amber, I love Josh Allen. Like, yeah. I love Bill's Mafia. I love watching him play. But it's like each and every year he gets baked into these conversations where like people's like, oh, I want to see people win. Okay. Well, are we going to see that with Josh Allen? I know what the talent is, but also saw a lot of turnovers last year. That was a major concern. So what's tier two, Nuno? So it's a quarterback that can carry his team sometimes, but not not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situation in doses and or possess, possesses other dimensions that are special enough to hell of, elevate him above a tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. Okay. So, Amber, you're starting to win me over now that maybe tier one should just be Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yeah. By those standards. By those standards, just those two. And then we can start that conversation whether we want to have Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, like in that next tier, that next bucket. No yeah, particular feels order like, with that next bucket. It almost feels like these tiers need to be smaller rather than bigger. So then what's tier three, Nuno? Ooh, uh, Ooh. Two, uh, two of listeners uh, and fans, watch out. It's a, it's a legitimate starter but needs a heavier run-in game and or a defensive component to win. A lower volume drop-back passing offense suits him what? best. Uh, what? Uh, that makes no uh. sense. Yeah, Tua should not be part of that conversation then. That's bizarre. So how do they have Brock Purdy in Tier 4? I need to hear Tier 4 okay, because of Brock so Purdy. That's because he hasn't started enough. So Tier 4 is a quarterback okay. that could be unproven, not enough information for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally, ideally would not start all 17 games. Okay. I mean, it makes sense then. So you so, have the Brock Purdy's and the Desmond but, Ritter's of the world in Tier 4. Yeah, because but Trevor they, Lawrence played just two years. Like, what, 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 what's the sample size that we need to qualify here? I'm a little bit confused. It's like they are contradicting themselves. Well, Jalen Hurts also has a small sample size by I'm those saying. standards. I mean, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I guess the small sample size, what, Brock Purdy played, what, seven games last season? I don't have it in front of me, but I guess that's the small sample size is that if you started or played the majority of an entire season, then maybe you're not part of that conversation. I mean, how many games did Desmond Ritter play? start last season, but he wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season there for the Falcons, so there's still a lot of questions. You have Sam Howell on this list. Kenny Pickett. What, like a game? Yeah, Kenny, Pick, Kenny Pickett. He, he had quite a few games there with the Steelers. I guess there's just a lot of unproven. I mean, Brock Purdy is only on this list because of the size of it, Okay, the real, size of the sample. Real quick, I have a more important tier list. Okay. This is the Dino Trucks tier list. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Number really, one. Tier really one. gone down the Dino Trucks rabbit hole. Go ahead. T-Rux, Revit, and Dozer. Tier two. Number two. Click, clack, Tauntaun, and Garby. Garby. Like Tier Garby. three. Number three. Ace, Waldo, and Skaya. Ooh, Ace, Waldo, and Skaya. Tier four all on his own. Number four. George. George. <laughs> Poor George. George Poor is just George. out there. On his George is like Brock Purdy. Just like, why? Why am I here? George is now my favorite. George <laughs> Dino Trucks. I'm looking up George Dino Trucks Brock Purdy so that I know next time I watch. <laughs> next, <yeah. laughs> 
just un- oh unfair, goodness. overlooked, has done much more for his team than people are giving him credit for because the sample size for George is too small. George is going to be on the come up, though. George is going to be on the come up next season. George is going to be the payday. There's going to be a show around George eventually. <laughs> there is. We're also going to be on the come up. Coming up after the break. What was the reaction in the Jets building to Aaron? What? What is this? What? What, Nuno? What was the reaction Uh-oh. in the Jets Uh-oh. building? Uh-oh. Got it. Let me read it properly. Uh-oh. What Nuno wrote. What was the reaction in the Jets building Not to Aaron nice Rodgers' comments? We're building. Nailed it. Nailed it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. He has a plan. He knows exactly what he wants. And uh, it was just a, a really good discussion. So I'm not pushing, not pressing. I think it's an important decision for him and a decision that I know he's taking very seriously. The Jets have made it clear. We would love to have you. But right now, they're almost like that boyfriend. Kind of that guy that says he's interested, but he's not going to sweat you. Hopefully, that's the right play if you're the Jets. Show him that you're interested, but not do too much. This is a no-brainer. When you start talking about this offense, though, I think it would be a match made in heaven. Amber, why we got to play games all the time? Show them you're interested, but not too much. Just be committed. I mean, why, why we got to go through all the dilly-dally and, like, either you're in it or you're not? You tell them, Jay. You tell them. I'm just, I'm just talking out there. You know what I mean? I'm just <laughs> – I mean, why we got to play all these games? Well, I got to sing you notes. I got to sing you texts. I'm joking. Go ahead, Amber. Everybody likes games. Uh, you know. Amber. But don't hate the player. Hate the game, Jay. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Loving games, Diana Rossini. She's joining us. Diana Rossini is coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Ain't that the truth? Diana, you have little ones at home. I'm not sure the ages. We did just power rank dino trucks. Your thoughts? Uh, My age is, uh, I have a soon-to-be two-year-old next week and a Um, nine-month-old. So maybe a little young for dino trucks. A little young for that, yeah. 
little young, but the uh, the birthday party theme for next week is transportation, which is such a ridiculous theme uh, mm. when you say that to another adult. <laughs> transportation, right? So that's like, just like anything, like planes, what? trains, buses, anything? Anything? Pretty much. It's yeah. buses, trains, planes. It's, it's all the things that can get you uh, from one place to another and uh, apparently away from our home, which is what my son wants to do because he, he is in that phase where, you know, we're, if we're in the car, anywhere where he's just screaming out the window when he sees a, a school bus go by. So I think any parents of young kids know that phase. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the next one. And that's what's so great about kids when they go through these things is they're so obsessed with it in that moment that you think it's going to last forever. And then one day... They just never say the word fish again or care about their fish, and they nope. move on right to to, to trains. So, um, yeah, I, I'm 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 looking forward to getting past the truck stage. I'm I'm over it. My kid just turned four, and for his birthday, he had wanted a Thomas the Train theme, and so mm. I bought all sorts of Thomas the Train stuff. I ordered it all, you know, to make sure that it was in well in advance of this party I was throwing. And then he decided, like two days before the party. Actually, I want a Paw Patrol theme. And so then then I had to scramble. And then I just mixed the two. And so I had like Thomas the Train stuff and Paw Patrol stuff. None of it made sense. He loved it. Do you guys do big parties for all the kids? Like does each kid get like a really big party? In my family, it's so great that you just brought this up because we have uh, we had an issue about this recently. My husband's family, not big birthday people. They don't do the birthday things because there's a lot of them. My family... It's birth month. Oh, God. Oh, oh no. God. Oh, I, <laughs> I can't die. I can't. We are, we've been singing happy birthday to Mikey for like three weeks. His birthday's next week, right? So I, it's it, it, that's just how we – and it makes my husband sick. He's like, well, stop. Well, I, I tell my wife all the time, like, what happened – my birthday parties would be at the park. Mm-hmm. It was like, you were, like, oh, we're going to go to the park. We're going to have a cookout. Here are balloons. Go play. Like, Times right? have changed. I, I, I can't with this t- today's age. I, so, too much go, too much planning. I'm with you on, on I think, the over-the-top birthday parties at places that are very expensive. That, that's not our style. We're, we're definitely backyard, uh, you know, the basement of the house yes. type of people. As long as we're together and there's homemade food and, and, and some drink, that, that's all we really need. It, that, it's just... We get excited about it because, look, life's hard. Life is hard. This whole journey is not so easy. So if, if you can give a reason to celebrate and be happy, that that's kind of why I lean into the birthday thing. So they have something to celebrate. This is the first age where I felt like at four that he would really appreciate having a party. So I didn't do it the first three years. Now, part of that was COVID as well, a pandemic yeah. baby. But also because, you know, if you're throwing a first birthday party and you're spending a ton of money on it, that's for the parents. That's not so much for the kids, but yeah. to each their own. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Amber Wilson and Jay Williams here on ESPN Radio. You can also watch us on ESPNU. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. We all heard the comments. Uh, you keep my coach's name out of your mouth, directed at Sean Payton. Uh, what did the other players on the Jets make of those comments? Yeah, it, it, I think it actually said that pretty uh, uncomfortable with the players as well. Not think I know. Just I talked to a bunch of people in the building the day it happened, and and some guys are really ticked off about it. Alan Lazard just said yesterday too, like I, I love Nathaniel Hackett. He's one of the best coaches I've ever had, if not the best coach, because of his personality, his preparation, and his vulnerability with with the players. He said he's just a great teacher. He's so comfortable. With himself, and the Jets were stunned themselves when they heard Peyton's responses, or at least his comments. What felt like out of nowhere, just for no reason to the side, talking to a reporter, just decided. 
to to blow this up. So when this happened, Amber, I reached out to to Coach Payton myself just to try to understand what he was doing. And I've covered him for years in New Orleans, and he's a pretty intentional person. But this was really aggressive, as uh, as aggressive he could be with, with his personality, and, he, and he's pretty comfortable himself with saying things and sharing his opinions. I just felt like there had to be a reason, and 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 I do think he has some regret. Uh, in fact, I know he does about going as far as he did. But bottom line for him, it was really about galvanizing his players. Mm-hmm. It was about exactly. his building, his team, and and I think they caught some strays. The Jets unfortunately have to deal with this, and and, and Nathaniel Hackett had to personally probably deal with this, which couldn't be which couldn't be easy. Um, but I do. Th- I think it's one of those situations where the intention was good, but perhaps the way he went about it wasn't the best. Well, Diana, it, it felt like to me, and I haven't been on air to even discuss this yet. It's more like him backing Russell Wilson, right? Like, okay, like it's a reset. Like we're going to do things differently. Like that's how it felt to me. For I mean, Russell has taken a lot of strays too over the last you know several months and things of that sort. Uh, but I, I am curious because it, there is an element of truth to that, though, right, Di? Like, it, it did feel like Nathaniel Hackett was overwhelmed. It doesn't mean that he's not a great OC. doesn't mean that he's not a very vulnerable person or can't be a great complimentary piece with Aaron Rodgers. Just, you know, wearing that head coaching hat is way different than the role that he was previously in. So, you know, this league, we're so gossipy. Everybody's talking to everybody. So even just like having a bunch of conversations since this occurred, not just with people in Denver and with the New York Jets, but just around the league, everyone seemed in line with the same thing, which was mm, Peyton went a little far here. Coach on coach crime doesn't happen often. You very rarely hear uh, one guy, one head coach, understanding the difficulties that come with it, the responsibilities, the pressure, take a shot at another one, especially one that has accomplished as much as he has and, um, you know, ha- has built such a great reputation, that being in Sean Payton. There's no reason for him to feel insecure or go after a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, but he did. And so others would, you know, when I was having these conversations with people, it was, yeah, Payton was out of line. He went too far, but he's right. Right. So, again, the messaging, the the style of doing it, not great, but there was a lot of truth to what he was sharing. And look, the Jets will tell you the Nathaniel Hackett they have in this building is working at this point. Right. Because this is what Aaron Rodgers is want wants. It's about making him comfortable and and providing a little bit of that blanket to him as he's made this transition from Green Bay to New York. So, look, this turns the pressure up on Nathaniel Hackett from my perspective. Because he had this opportunity as a head coach, it did not go well. Sean Payton said something that I think a lot of people in NFL circles are saying. So now Hackett has this opportunity to take, we'll just say, a hit back at Payton, and he's going to have that chance today through his words because he speaks to the media. I'm heading over to Florham Park actually uh, later this afternoon to talk to him. Um, I am interested on how he's going to handle it, right? Because there's always PR to this, like, you know, is he going to take a shot back at Peyton? Is he going to just play nice? Is he going to say, hey, you know, Aaron's, Aaron said as much, you know, Aaron spoke for how he feels about the team. I back him on his words. Uh, it's all good. I, I think the best way that, that Hackett can put this to bed is just by obviously having a very organized, clean, productive offense. 
They might hate it inside that fraternity. I love it. Uh, it'll make that week five matchup so much more interesting. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. What's the biggest NFL question that we need to see answered by the end of August, Diana? So I feel like we could we could go through a million of them. Um, let's not talk about the Jets anymore or, or the Broncos. To me, I'm going to stay out west and, and, and talk about San Francisco. Brock Purdy, right? So all we've done this offseason is talk about how the 49ers are going to be the team to beat with the exception of, we'll say, the Cowboys and the Eagles. And we were saying that without even knowing the health of Brock Purdy because there's so much confidence and belief in what Kyle Shanahan can do with this offense. But – with that in mind, what does he look like? How healthy will he actually be? It seems to be going well. There's lots of optimism coming out of camp. He's ahead of schedule. John Lynch, the GM, has shared they, they're they really happy with where they're at. But is he going to be 100% ready to go uh, by week one? Because I'm not sure uh, about the status of the backups. If Trey Lance is going to be able to, to produce in... in you know, at a high level and and what Sam Darnold's going to do. So to me, that's that's the big question uh, in that division for sure. Another season, another question at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. Thanks, Diana. Happy birthday to all those out there. (laughs) Coming up next, an NBA legend left LeBron James off his top 10 list of all time. Fair or foul? We'll get into that. What? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. The beginning of that song is what some people might be saying to Dr. J's list. Amber Wilson, Jay Williams, hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So apparently, at Joy D'Angela was interviewing Dr. J, and she tweeted out that Dr. J gave his top 10 list of NBA players all time, except for there was one notable exception, Jay, that uh, LeBron does not make an appearance on this list. So let's go ahead and give the list to see if you have a huge problem with it. Bill Russell, Wilt, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Kareem, MJ, Magic, Carl, Tiny Archibald, how are you feeling about his list? I mean, look, Julius Irvin is entitled to his own opinion. I I just can't take any opinion off a top 10 list seriously if it doesn't have LeBron James in it. And neither should you. I mean, look, this is kind of like, you know, in in certain times you get a chance to ask people like, hey, like, 
who would your all-time favorite players be? And if they want to give you a list, that's fine. If it's, they're your all-time favorite players, just change. If somebody were to ask you who are your top ten, just say, no, here are my all-time favorite players. It felt like it was more of that than him saying, like, let's look at it realistically mm-hmm. and look at it numerically, look at it where it is in history. Because if you're looking at in history, LeBron James, number one in points, number 32 in rebounds, number four in assists, number nine in steals, Three's made, number nine. I mean, four-time NBA champion, four-time NBA finals, four-time NBA MVP, should have been more. 19-time All-Star, three-time All-Star game MVP, 13 All-NBA first team, and three-time All-NBA second team, three-time All-NBA third team. Come on. Come on. (laughs) At the end of the day, Amber, I love Dr. J. Julius is my guy, but nobody, and I repeat, nobody, should take this list seriously. I have no problem with people giving opinions and making it their own opinion when it comes to lists, right? But to your point, at some point, it just borders on absurd. Like at some point, it's just you being so subjective. And of course, that's all lists. All lists are somewhat subjective. But at some point, you're just being so outlandishly subjective that it just doesn't even make sense. And it kind of negates the validity of the entire list. If you wanted to give me a top five and like maybe there's an argument for LeBron, I would never do that. To me, LeBron is a one or two in NBA history, but maybe a top five, maybe a top three. You could leave LeBron out of it all time. All time is a long period of time for this league. A top 10? I, we're just getting absurd at that point. And, and the problem is, see, like, look, I, I got so much respect for the game and football, basketball, any sport that I don't want to, I don't want things to be taken as a slight. But how. Tiny Ultra Ball, don't play. Right. I love him. Top ten of all time. I had to look up his stats because I obviously I don't I remember much I mean, about Nate Archibald. Legendary player, legendary, and I, I love him as a player. But top ten of all time, yeah. So it it, it reminds me a little bit of um, you know Brandon Miller who got drafted to the Charlotte Hornets, right? He was like his goat is Paul George, and you're like, okay, your your personal opinion around who your GOAT is, but realistically, Amber, in the real world, we all know that when you're having the GOAT conversation, it's between Cap, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James, Like, right? like So, like, that's where we are, and that's just where it is. It's fine. I mean, fine. Good, good for you, Dr. J. Like, have your list. You're entitled to your list, but come on. I mean, his 34 points per game total is the oh, highest in NBA history at 6'1". <laughs> so there's beast. that. Like, he was 6'1", 150 pounds, and that's what he was listed as. I don't know, in the 70s, did they inflate those statistics the same way they do in 2023? So if he was 6'1", he was really, you know, 5'11". I don't know how it worked back then. But obviously, for his height and his weight, unbelievably impressive in the NBA world. But to give you some perspective here for those who weren't around, in the 70s. Nate Archibald on the top 100 list that ESPN put together, number 59. 59. That's what I'm saying. Not even a top 50 player all time, according to us here at ESPN. Like, so without even targeting LeBron James, you can sit there and then extract tiny Archibald and say, okay, like, well, where is he in the big scheme of things? And you're seeing a list of many experts that have him in that range. And you're like, "That's that's not a top 10. Like, the other name's Magic. Those, okay, I'm fine with those names. If you want to rank them above 
if that is your opinion to rank them above LeBron James, I will vehemently disagree, but that's fine. That seems a little bit more realistic. But Tiny Archibald? Like, I, as soon as I saw that name, I was like, I just, I literally, I, I took the paper and I said, oh, okay, <laughs> bye, in the garbage. That's fine. You are always welcome to join into the conversation here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU Triple Eight. Say ESPN Manning is calling us from Flushing. Manning has no issue, apparently, with this list, with Dr. J's list. Manning, go ahead. Hey, um, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, by the way, Jay, um, I have, I still, ha- I have your book. By the way, very good book. Um, I, I recommend people to have that because I had that book like seven years ago. Uh, listen, I don't have a problem with Dr. J for um, like picking his top ten because like he was asked about it, and that's his opinion. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, some of these guys that we probably may not heard of, a tiny ultra ball, Elgin Paler, and Jay Resnick is like I didn't know these guys until I was in like in maybe fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. I mean, by the way. Tiny Archibald, with the the, the guy who averaged uh, who led the league in assists and and points in the same season, you know, look at up seventy three. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Bronx. But I don't have an issue with it. I just think that people, uh, people should should not have a big deal about because everybody has. I mean, at the end of the day, look, is that is that a, a bad thing if people don't pick LeBron as his top five? Because I don't I don't put um, listen. My top fives are Michael, Magic, Russell, Kobe, and Kareem. That's and, fine, but will LeBron it. James be your top ten? Because we're, we're doing a top ten yes, list, yes, not a top is. five. He, yes, yeah, he so is, that's that's the problem. That was point, my though, problem, right? and thanks so much for the call, Manny. Like my problem was the the ten, you know, and and man, I vehemently disagree about having Kobe in a top five and not LeBron. But nevertheless, like my. My problem is that if we're giving 10 players, like who in this country doesn't have LeBron in a top 10 list, Jay? Uh, Archibald, by the way, when he did average those 34 points, almost 11 and a half assists per game, and that caller's right about the record there, although Russell Westbrook, you know, also averaged, what, 30 points, 10 assists. Are you having him as a top 10 player in the NBA because he was able to do that? It's not just the stat pad. A great player, don't get me wrong, but top 10. Yeah, I mean, look, I and I, I don't want this to turn into a bashing thing on Dr. J. Like, I, I, I love, I love Dr. J. Julius Irvin. I mean, by the way, Amber, have you ever met him? I have not. Okay, when if you if you ever get a chance to meet him, you should literally put your hand up against his hand. It, it's like it, he has people think Kawhi Leonard has big hands. I guarantee you, Julius Irvin's hands are larger than Kawhi Leonard's. They're the biggest hands I've ever seen. What he's been able to do as an athlete, what he's been able to do as a leader in the ABA and the NBA, it's one of the best players I've ever seen. So, like, I got nothing but love and respect for Dr. J. I just, if we were having barbershop talk, if we were all having a drink, you know, out with the boys, I would just be like, man, you're wild for even saying that out loud. That's something that you think in your mind. You just don't let it translate through your lips. (laughs) Elgin Baylor here on Dr. J's list. Uh, By the way, he was the 20th ranked player on ESPN's 100 of all time. Uh, I don't have a huge problem with him so much. He's one of just six players to drop 70 or more in a game. He's the owner of the highest scoring game in finals history uh, with 61 points. So I guess I could see his inclusion. But J.D. in Massachusetts, he understands all of these guys and their inclusion on this list. 75-year-old J.D. in Massachusetts. He wants to age shame us a little bit and explain it to us. Go ahead, J.D. Hey, good morning, fellas. The the, the show is great, but, Jay, you ha- there's one thing. Has, has LeBron James ever played against Dr. J.? No. That's why he's not on the list. 
He's wow. played everybody on his list. He's played against. So he probably just gave you that right off the top of yeah, his yeah, head yeah. because he played against them. See, I'm, my list is always different because That's the fair. NBA is only two years older than I am. So my list would be crazy because of all the players I've seen through my lifetime. But if you just go by stats, then you have to put LeBron on a list. Yeah, I see. I'm with you. I, I I get he's going with his contemporaries or people that play. I I understand that, but I mean Julius Irvin's a very smart person. I'm sure he, I've seen him at a lot of games where he's watched LeBron James play. It, it does not take a rocket scientist to when you watch LeBron James to know he's one of the most special gifts that the game of basketball has ever received, ever received. So I get the notion of how he's looking at it through his lens, Amber. But also, I, I think you have to expand your lens as you're looking at the game in its entirety. And even if you like to say, well, he's still playing currently, right? Even with him still playing, he is still in that historical reference point to me. I think it's a different conversation if it's top 10 players of all time who you played against, right? Because there's, there's only so many years that that applies to. I wouldn't have a big problem if it's top 10 greatest players of all time between 1971 and 1987, which were the years that he played in the league. And so I'm not naming anybody after 1987, but that doesn't seem to be the conversation here. It seems to be top 10 greatest players of all time, period. And all of us, Jay, would have people on that list that we didn't necessarily grow up watching or didn't play against if you played in the league. So it's all a vantage point when it comes to age. I understand that caller's point, but LeBron would be, I think, on most anybody's list, no matter their age. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Jay Williams with you. Is player empowerment, is the player empowerment era in the NBA over? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. It is day 1032, and Damian Lillard is still not a member of my Miami Heat. I mean, I'm already tired of this story. <laughs> I'm a Miami Heat fan. Amber Wilson, Jay Williams, hey now with you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So the NBA, Jay, they sent a memo to the, all 30 teams Friday stating that any player or his agent who makes public or private comments indicating that he won't fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will be subject 
to discipline. As a Miami Heat fan, this was very annoying. I understand that this language exists in the CBA. You can't publicly request a trade. We have seen it time and time and time and time again in this league, Jay, and we have seen it very rarely actually punished by the NBA. Well, Amber, we talked about this earlier about, you know, because Dame, obviously the the no trade clause, which he doesn't have one, right? So, like, that's the reason why a guy like Bradley Bill was able to say, no, I'm only going there because he had no trade clause. So, obviously, for Dame not having that, I'm with the NBA doing this. At the end of the day, like I'm all for players kind of saying, look, it's not working out. And in that particular story with Dame, it's like, what else do you need for me to do? But at the same time, if you're Portland, you can't just mandate that you go to one place because then I lose leverage in the negotiation. Because if I'm the opposing team, if I'm Miami, Amber, and you know this, I mean, as a lawyer, like you have all the leverage. You can just sit and wait and say, well, your player inevitably wants to come here. So this is the deal that the deal is going to be. And if you don't like it, deal with it. Because this is the only return you're going to get in exchange for the asset of Dame. Now, since the NBA drops this memo, it opens it up. And by the way, if you're a team who has more assets and wants to throw more at Portland for the return of Dame, you can. And you're going to be engaged because he has to play. He has to play. It doesn't mean he has to play well. It doesn't mean that he has to want to be there, right? And we already knew he had to play. Like, there was already a means. This is why this frustrated me. There was already a means to punish Dame if he didn't play. If he gets traded somewhere that's not Miami. We know he wants to go to Miami. If he gets traded somewhere else, he's going to get fined if he's not playing, right? He's going to lose salary if he's not showing up and playing. And so because of that, there was already a means to address that on the back end. His agent, by the way, importantly, has denied that his agent actually called these teams and said that he wouldn't, in fact, play. But we know it's pretty obvious where he wants to be. The thing is, we see this time and again with these players because there was only that one no trade clause in the entire end. NBA and it was Bradley Beals. The reason that these players don't feel like they need the no trade clauses anymore and when the teams aren't willing to give them to them is because they can go ahead and make their intentions known, right? Kind of put the public pressure on their team and force their way out anyways. And as a Miami Heat fan, it was just frustrating that this is coming down with this situation in Miami while simultaneously, I know where James Harden wants to go and also he's publicly requesting a trade. Like that's a very public demand. We all know what's happening there. He ain't being fine for it. With KD, it was a very public demand. We all knew what was happening there. We all knew he wanted to go to the Suns. He went to the Suns. He wasn't fine for it. Well, we didn't all know he wanted to go to the Suns. I think that was kind of kept under the wraps until later. Oh, Jay, stop. I knew he wanted to go to the Suns. You knew he wanted to go to the Suns. I mean, some of the reports were like, oh, it was Miami or Phoenix, but it seemed like it was really just Phoenix. And then guess where he ended up? Of course, Phoenix. Because the reality is these players tend to end up where they want to go. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Perkins feels a different way about it, though, Amber. Let's hear what our ESPN NBA analyst had to say about this the other day. This is just the start of what's to come. Like, it it was to the point where it was a players' league. You know, players were kind of had somewhat control as far as, you know, dictating where they wanted to play. That's coming to an end, and I think with the NBA and Adam Silver, you know, setting these rules and putting this in place right now, talking about actions will be taking place for us, you know, with the Damian Lillard situation, is more to come in the near future. And so now, uh, you know, owners and, and everybody around the league, they're, they're looking to clean up what's been a mess over the last five years yeah. for, the, for us players' empowerment. Well, see, 
this is where it gets interesting, though, Amber, as you can try to clean it up. But if you paid attention to the memo, say you can not publicly discuss where you want to go, right? You can't leverage it. It doesn't mean that you can't leverage it internally. Right. It doesn't mean that you just can't be private and and work with like, hey, let's create the illusion of here are all these options and use it as leverage to get the most assets that we want from the team that you actually want to go through. I go to, you just got to think about, you got to go about it differently. You can't be public about it. Because the only language in the CBA that prohibits this sort of behavior is the public request for a trade. That is the problem under the CBA. We're now under this current CBA. You can be fined up to $150,000. But here's where I disagree with Perk. That language was also in the last CBA as well. It's why we saw Anthony Davis fined when he wanted to go to the Lakers from the Pelicans. He wasn't fined because he wanted to go to one destination in the Los Angeles Lakers. He was fined because it was public. And it's the public that the NBA has always had an issue with. And again, they haven't always enforced it, but they did enforce it back there years ago. What was that, 2019? And so sometimes they have enforced this language and it hasn't affected player empowerment. And I I just don't agree with Perk that it's going to affect player empowerment because that's all the NBA can do. And so now the memo, essentially, what does it mean? I mean, it means that players and agents just have to be a little bit more discreet about this sort of thing. I mean, look, you, you can play games and state to your team owner that you do not want to be there. Like, you, you can do that. There, there are ways. And by the way, don't also think that a lot of players just won't take the fine. Mm-hmm. You know, Amber, like you, that old saying, got to put your money where your mouth is. I mean, in order to really draw it. And by the way, then it becomes public naturally, not by your doing. I'm just not being there. I'm getting fined. I'm, my pay's being docked. I'm, I'm giving you the money back in return, but this is what it is. And now it's becoming a public thing. I mean, you're a little bit more familiar with, uh, you know, a bank account that looks somewhat like Damian Lillard's than I am, right? Like, no, but hundreds no, of millions. No, I'm not. I would no, imagine, Jay, no, if you have I'm hundreds not. of millions, 150 grand ain't much. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> still a lot of money. My, Nowhere close to familiar. <laughs> a little closer. A little closer than me, probably. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.